Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all natural, high potency CBD products designed to give you targeted everyday self care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. I am recording this on Father's Day. And, you know, by the time you listen to it, it will no longer be Father's Day 2021. But, um, you know, I know for lots of us, this can be a weird holiday. Anywhere from weird, kind of uncomfortable, to really deeply painful. Um, And then for some folks, of course, it also could be a joyful day of celebration, right? But is is a holiday that's really complex and um, brings up a lot of different feelings for a lot of different folks. And for me, it, you know, it has me thinking, of course, about my relationship with my own dad, which I won't, you know, share a ton of detail about because, you know, that's between me and him. But, you know, something that it always has me think about when I think about, you know, my relationship really with either of my parents is this idea that for so many of us are relationships with our caregivers with the you know whoever the people were who raised you who took care of you when you were really little are so formative right to how we show up in adulthood and the way we approach our relationships the things that come naturally to us the things that are challenging for us um, in relationships are often really deeply informed by those early relationships we had with our caregivers often our parents right and you know, when we had 
or have a difficult relationship with one or more of those caregivers that, you know, can really create a deep wound. And, you know, you might have heard people talk about this idea of a mother wound or a father wound, right? Um, And if that's something that you all are interested in, I'm happy to delve more deeply into both or either of those in a different episode, right? But this idea that, you know, for for a lot of us, there are, you know, sort of deep wounds related to those particular kind of parental relationships, um, sometimes with one parent over the other, right? That sort of permeate into adulthood and are things that, you know, with intention, you can really focus on and recognize what those wounds are and how to heal them. And um, with that being sort of the operative piece, right, is that when you recognize a wound, you know, and you have more power to do what it takes to to address that, to treat it, to heal it. And when I think about Father's Day and when I think about, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I'll, you know, this also is true of a lot of folks that I talk to who, you know, have challenging father relationships or just parent relationships in general, right, is this idea that you know, often folks will reflect back on painful experiences of growing up on hard relationships with parents. And maybe it's, you know, self-selecting people who, who work with me or come to me or share things with me because they, they see themselves in me and my experience. Um, and that could be why I, I hear this so often, right? But um, especially folks who have challenges in their relationships with their fathers, um, there is often this experience and it's something I've experienced as well of feeling like you were not chosen right and what I mean by that is you know whether it's that you felt sort of neglected um whether you know emotionally or like literally not having your basic human needs met right a feeling of um emotional sort of abandonment whether that's a sense of rejection right there's this this permeating sort of wound around an experience of not feeling chosen by an early caregiver again in my case um the the parent that i i would relate that experience with would be my my dad um for some people that is you know something that they would connect with their relationship with their mother with a you know a different parent or a different caregiver figure and I see just how this plays out, especially for those of us who, you know, who would self-identify as being people pleasers or being codependent, right? Is this experience of, you know, people pleasing and codependency is one of the ways that we sort of work and hustle to try to get ourselves chosen, right? To try to, you know, we've talked about this before, right? People pleasing is not just... It's this sort of benevolent, selfless, I want to make other people happy thing, right? It's often, whether known and conscious or not, a strategy to get our needs met, right? And so when we have grown up with this idea that, you know, a sort of key fundamental person in our life did not choose us, whatever that means, right? That can mean a million different things, right? It could mean literally being abandoned by a parental figure. It could mean not winning the approval of that parental figure, right? It could mean a million different things. But when we have that experience of feeling like someone really important did not choose us, then the ways that that can show up in the rest of our lives can look like people-pleasing, right? It can look like, 
you know, wanting to make sure the people around me are happy and that that is the way that I get people to choose me is because I am easy to be around, right? It can be the person who really strives to be easygoing and easy to work with and accommodating to others because that is the only way that they feel they will be chosen, right? It can be the person who sort of bends over backwards to do whatever it takes for their partner to, you know, always be happy and approve of them and desire them, whether or not it's in, you know, authentic alignment with who you actually are, right? Because we want to feel chosen. And I see this, again, this is something I've experienced myself that I still continuously see show up in my life, right? Is this desire, almost compulsive desire to feel chosen. But it shows up for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I see this with my clients all the time, right? And something that I think about a lot, something I I think about for me, because, you know, as somebody who's been doing this work personally for a really long time, right, who has been, you know, in and out of therapy, who's received coaching around this, who's done a lot of sort of self-teaching and healing in all different kinds of modalities and self-reflection and inner work, right, to try to kind of understand how these wounds show up for me and my own attachment style, right, and my you know, patterns and relationships that, that sort of perpetuate this, this wound, right? I, I still see this show up for me. I still notice that I have the desire to feel chosen by someone or by people or in general, right? I have the desire to feel like I'm being picked, like I am wanted, like I am desired, right? And I think often when we're talking about like parent stuff, it can feel really kind of skeezy to then like ever shift that into like I use the word desire, which I think we often connect with like sex and sexuality. And so it can I realize it can feel weird for folks to connect parent stuff with sex stuff. I hear that. Um, but it, I mean, it does show up that way, right? It's, it's this need um, to feel desired or the the desire to feel desired, right? Or to feel sought after, to feel pursued. That's another word that I use a lot for myself is this this longing to feel pursued. And, you know, I think it's really important that we recognize, one, when this need shows up for us, right? What it, what it actually looks like. Are you, so I think asking yourself, if you're listening to this right now, are you someone who longs to feel chosen? And... I mean, I think to some extent, everybody likes the idea of feeling like someone else is interested in them, is pursuing them, desires them, um, holds them in high regard, prioritizes them, right? I think that's, a lot of that is being human and, you know, being a human who enjoys being in relationship with other humans, which is many of us, right? But, you know, is this need to feel chosen something that is really present in your life? or that is disruptive, right? Something that is impacting the way that you show up in relationships, something that you're sacrificing your authenticity for, that you're willing to sort of subvert your own needs and push those to the side in order to make someone else happy so they will choose you, right? Are you seeing that show up for you? And then I think some of it is recognizing, one, is it is it disrupting your life? Are you, again, you know, pushing your own needs aside? Are you abandoning yourself in order to feel chosen by someone else? And by doing that, it's recognizing what are the ways that in order to 
have someone else choose me, that I am not choosing myself. That in order to have someone else choose me, I am actively choosing something other than myself, right? Something other than my authentic self. And seeing that, you know, I th- when we talk about mother wounds, father wounds, parent wounds, right? These, these wounds that date all the way back to our experiences as, you know, I mean, all the way back off into being infants, right? But all through our childhood, our early life, right? When we depended on caregivers for, for our basic needs to be met and whether those were met or not, you know, we look at that and we think about these, these wounds that we can then experience and carry well into adulthood. And, you know, the approach to sort of recognizing and addressing and healing those wounds is often to you know, regard the inner child within, right? To recognize that, you know, within you, there is that version of, and that's something we've talked about here a little bit, right? That version of you, the small version of you. When I talk about, you know, imagine yourself in kindergarten, right? It's that little version of you that you carry around inside of you. Your inner child is what, how a lot of people would refer to that, right? And that healing that wound, whether it's a father wound, a mother wound, whatever that looks like for you, is to engage in something that often is referred to as reparenting, right? Which is basically to recognize that adult you now has the ability to connect with and protect and nurture that inner child within, right? And in order to begin to heal those wounds and to change our patterns moving forward and to choose, you know, healthier ways of proceeding in our relationships, we have to recognize that reparenting looks like choosing ourselves, right? And recognizing where in relationships we are pursuing being chosen by someone else. We are, you know, seeking to, you know, please others and appeal to them and do things so they will pick us when really we are abandoning ourselves along the way. And so the process of healing that within yourself becomes a choice to not pursue being chosen by others, but instead to make a choice to actively choose yourself. And I think that's something that can sound really straightforward, right? Like, yeah, no shit, like I have to choose myself, right? You hear that all the time. That's a, you know, a very like (laughs) typical self-helpy kind of thing. But I think when we place it in the frame of, oh, I'm, I'm pursuing all of this approval from other people, I'm seeking this out and in a way that I think can feel very normal and in a lot of ways is, right? I do want to normalize that it's okay to want to be desired and pursued by others, right? That's something, and you know, when you think about being kind of along this journey and having done a lot of this work, you'll notice, and for me, I notice I'll have those moments of like, ooh, I'm, I'm noticing that I really, I really want this person to like me. <laughs> I really am deeply invested in this person choosing me and continuing to choose me over and over. And that kind of, you know, will freak me out as somebody who is, who is working on this and who sees these patterns show up in my life and they've, they've shown up in really unhealthy ways, right? But it's recognizing that desiring that is, is okay. That's, it's normal and it's, it can be healthy to be able to recognize it. And then the difference 
the transformative piece is pausing to ask yourself the question of, okay, I want this person to like me, right? That really matters to me. I want to be chosen by this person. I want to be desired by this person. I want to be pursued, whatever the case may be. But then to ask yourself the question, okay, how do I still choose myself in the process though? How do I hold that desire and that longing that I have but not abandon myself in the process because I'm so hung up on getting this person's approval. How can I do both, right? How can I recognize that I have this this desire for, you know, this person's affection, approval, whatever? And how do I also recognize that my own approval is the most important, that my own ability to choose myself and to be authentically who I am in how I'm showing up in this is more important and that I can hold both. And that is where the transformation begins to happen and begins to come in, right? Is when we can recognize that both things are true. I think a lot of the time we get into this space where it's like, oh, you know, when I'm fully healed, whatever the fuck that means. When I'm fully healed, I'm doing really big, heavy um, air quotes with my hands, which you can't see because this is a podcast and not a video. But, um, you know, when I, when I am fully healed, I will no longer need anyone else's approval. I will no longer desire the attention of any, anyone else. I will be completely satisfied with my own approval and my own attention and affection. That's fucking bullshit just FYI. I think that that is bullshit. I think it's amazing if you can get to that place where you truly are like, I do not give a fuck what anyone else thinks about me. That's rad. And if you are on your way there, more power to you. If you are somebody who feels you've reached that, that's, I love that for you. Let's talk because I want to hear what that feels like. But you know, I, I really don't think that that is necessarily a realistic place to get. I think even as the most self-actualized, confident person you can possibly be, you're still probably going to have people in your life who it really matters to you what they think, right? Who you would still like to feel desired by, who you still it still matters to you that those people are choosing you, right? And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you are, you know, codependent in those relationships. That doesn't mean that you still are, you know, people pleasing compulsively. That doesn't necessarily mean that, right? I think the key question is to be able to ask yourself, I want to feel, I recognize that I want to feel chosen by this person. I'm feeling that strong pull. And I know for me that has been a pattern in the past, right? That is something that I have, I have, you know, compulsively sought out to the point of abandoning myself, to the point of subverting my needs for others, right? So it's recognizing that. And, you know, there is obviously if you're early in that process, you're just recognizing, oh, this is a compulsive need. This is something that I'm doing where I'm people pleasing. I'm struggling with codependency. I'm active in those cycles, right? There are several episodes you can go back and listen to with plenty of strategies about how to set better boundaries, how to get in tune with your gut instincts, right? All of those strategies to kind of begin to undo those habits and create newer, healthier habits in your relationships to communicate better, to create boundaries, to tune into what it is that you want and what it is that you need, right? And as you're on that journey, you are still going to feel like you want to be chosen by important people in your life and maybe even people who aren't that important, right? But you still are probably going to feel that desire to be chosen because you're human, right? And also because it's your programming 
and it's probably related to right your attachment style to these you know these things that we carry all the way from childhood and that's okay the key is that you notice when it's happening and you ask yourself am i abandoning myself to be chosen am i still willing to abandon myself in order to be chosen by someone else or am i holding that desire with my own ability to choose myself above all else right and i think that's the key question and so for me i recognize that i am a person who really has has felt and struggled with this need to feel chosen by others right because it is something that i i feel i did not receive um from a key caregiver early early in my life that is something that i've seen show up as a pattern for me repeatedly where I have done things, I look back and I do not feel good about the choices that I made. I do not feel good about the ways that that I showed up in my relationships. I do not feel good about the ways that I abandoned myself. And those are not patterns that I'd like to repeat. And so when those longings still show up for me, when I notice myself in that place, instead of feeling self-judgment, instead of feeling like, oh, I'm backsliding or I'm not, I'm not healed which being all the way healed is not a real thing, just FYI. But if you know, you know how the inner critic goes. Sometimes she just says shit that just is way out there. But you know, when I start to hear those self-critical thoughts, I pause and say, now hold on. The growth is not that I no longer feel the desire to feel chosen by others. It is that I recognize that that is not more important than me choosing myself. And so if you are someone who struggles with this too, if you are someone who has noticed, you know, similar patterns for yourself in your life, if you are someone who is actively doing the work to focus on choosing yourself before, you know, you abandon yourself to be chosen by someone else, just know that you are not alone on that journey. Know that if, you know, holidays centered around parents and caregivers are really fucking hard for you, know that you are not alone in that either. And I mean, really, whatever it is you're going through, you are not alone. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.